Winter meetings, extravaganza, the Marlins making no moves thus far. Neither is anyone else. Doesn't matter. But there are plenty of sound bites coming out of the winter meetings, including could the Marlins be listening on their starting pitching? What are they doing with Xavier Edwards? Are they in on Isaiah Kaina Falefa? Time to get into. This is Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to the Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you're listening to the pod, of course, hit subscribe. This is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel as well, guys. Make sure you head on over there and hit subscribe. That YouTube channel is called Locked On Marlins. Subscribe there and you will get the graphics and you will get the images, baby. It's kind of the vibe with YouTube, right? Guys, there's tons to get into. Firstly, I have to call out. There hasn't been an episode on Monday or Tuesday. I have still been like crazily under the weather. Crazily. I don't know what's going on with this cold since Rome, but I cannot shake it right now. My right ear. I can't hear a thing out of my right ear. I've got this ear infection that's going on. My nose is running. I'm in the wars here, guys. I am absolutely in the wars. I've had last two nights. Get this. Last two nights, zero wine. That's that's a red flag. Zero wine and asleep, not just in bed, messing around on your phone or watching TV. Asleep at 8.30 p.m. both nights. How about that? That is a bad sign. I'm feeling a touch better today, but still struggling. Still struggling. So I apologize as we go through this episode. There'll probably be some spluttering, some coughing, nose running. You know the drill. I'm trying my best. But there's a lot to get into. The winter meetings, let's start there. Just big picture-wise, winter meetings, bit of a dud. (laughs) Bit of a dud. Everyone's kind of like waiting for something to happen. Like Wade Miley signed a deal, and the Braves have kind of swung a couple of random deals. Um, Kalenic, I think, has gone to the Bravos. Wait to see if that's a reclamation project they can make work. But overall, the winter meeting is a bit of a dud this year. The theme thus far has been, well, clearly the off-season theme will be all about Shohei Otani for obvious reasons. Um, one of the best players to ever play the game is available as a free agent. So no wonder. You've also got this one Soto situation brewing, link, heavily linked at this point to the Yankees. Reminder, that's a one-year rental. There is no future commitment that the Yankees will have on Soto. He is a Scott Boras client. And typically, they like to go to free agency. So there's a lot of Soto to Yankees conversations. The Yankees, I think, are being asked for like a a 19-player package or something. The Padres just trying to, you know, extract as much value as they can. Uh, But the Yankees at this point, they have to be careful. Every club has to be careful. You can get Soto for this year. And in some ways, it sounds like the, the trade package is a slight underwhelm, but it's an underwhelm because maybe the expectation is that Juan Soto hits free agency and tests the market. I, I mean, just more generally with Soto, I'm really intrigued to see how this all plays out. And one team, one team that I think we shouldn't 
you know, we shouldn't disregard, not for this year, but in next offseason, one team we shouldn't disregard is the Washington Nationals. Just imagine if the Washington Nationals go and get Soto back and pay him, bring him back with a rebuilt roster due to the trade they swung. Wouldn't that be something? Anyway, enough of the big boy talk. Um, Dave Roberts, I think that has been one of the funniest storylines too, actually. Dave Roberts, the Dodgers, um, was asked directly about Otani. By all accounts, again, I don't know what truth there is in this and you know what's going on, but by all accounts, Soto, uh, sorry, Soto, Otani would see it negatively if a team was to talk about any negotiations or whatever it might be. Otani isn't speaking to anyone. Um, he's very keeping his counsel very close and keeping everything tight-lipped. And so, frankly, I don't know what to believe regarding the Otani situation. And But I just love the way Dave Roberts just came out and just went, yeah, we met with him. We had a great conversation. He's our number one priority. And I, I think that was hysterical in many ways. I think it would be even more hysterical if Otani doesn't sign with the Dodgers now. I think that would be the ultimate. Um, but, I mean, that's clearly a great fit there. But all GMs, all presidents, all similar titles that effectively are responsible for their organizations, every single one of them should be saying that Otani is our top priority this offseason. He should be a top priority for every club, irrespective of where they're at. Because, frankly, these guys just, well, there's never been anyone like Otani. There never has. And the question is, is... You know, what, what, what's holding you back from going after Otani? I don't know. Nevertheless, let's talk some Marlins because I've kind of danced around on big picture themes for a touch here. Let's talk some Marlins. And let's start with AJ Puck, baby. Isaac Azut. Isaac Azut dropping in the, uh, the, uh, the, the reporting on this one, which we'll love to see. Isaac's out there in Nashville at the winter meetings. And he's uh, calling out that the Marlins are planning to stretch AJ Puck out heading into spring and that he will be given an opportunity to work as a starter again, heading into 2024, which is really interesting. Let's remember that AJ Puck heading into 2023 before the trade was likely to be back into the rotation with the Oakland A's. The Marlins went and traded for him. They saw him as a big high leverage arm and he ended up starting the year as the closer got injured, got hurt, and then frankly kind of lost his way a bit. And it somewhat kind of rediscovered his form. But overall with AJ Puck, it was a bit of a, well, an up and a down season. But he has history and experience of being a starter. He was projected to be a big-time starter, particularly in his days in Oakland. Never quite realized that. And... The Marlins, it seems, are going to investigate this opportunity to see whether A.J. Puck can transition back into the rotation. On the face of it, this seems a little bit puzzling, but at the same time, the Marlins need to find a way to replace Sandy Alcantara's innings, and so they need to consider all options at this point. If A.J. Puck is not going to be used in the closer spot, they've got enough lefty arms as it is, seemingly, in the rotation, then, uh, sorry, in the bullpen, that perhaps this one makes some sense. It doesn't feel like this is committed, but also this kind of feels like it's connected to just the Marlins just generally considering the need to move one of their, their current rotation, I think, in order to bolster the offense. And I think that that's kind of the segue into this is, you know, the Marlins, they're listening on their arms, seemingly. That's been reported at this point is the Marlins 
continue to listen on their major league arms. The names listed was Jesus Lozado in Braxton Garrett, Eddie Cabrera. Eddie Cabrera keeps getting mentioned over and over again. Um, and so maybe the thought process is here that the Marlins look to move one of their big time arms. They try to fill that void and Sandy Alcantara's void by moving AJ Puck back into the rotation, thus filling the void and giving themselves some more, some more innings. The thing is with AJ Puck, it may be that he does, he is stretched out and is seen as more of a starter, but it may be one of them, um, you know, three inning type guys. I'm really interested to see the way the Marlins just go about managing their roster, managing their rotation, and just seeing if it becomes more like the Rays. Everything thus far points to everything the Marlins doing being more like the Rays. So I'm really interested to see how that one plays out. We'll carry on this conversation shortly, but before we do that, uh, we'll get into our first ad of the day, and our only ad of the day, and it's our good friends over at Jace Medical. And I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like uh, amoxicillin. Uh, is that how I say it? Maybe right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can tell you flu season is absolutely here. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than uh, one of my kids got sick and then the supply chain issues kept them from life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, res respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. That is true, no doubt. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the code locked on to get 20 bucks off your order. All right, guys, you're back here with me, Peter Pratt, on Wednesday, the 6th of December. We are talking winter meetings, and we are talking about the news that Isaac Azud reported. Well done, Isaac, on that one. Uh, that A.J. Puck transitioning potentially back into the rotation. Through spring, anyway, no major commitment at this point. The rationale for that is, A, they need to find innings for, to replace Sandy. Secondly, they are listening on arms. Let's just go back into this. There's, there's always been, I say always, but the last three deadlines, Edward Cabrera, it feels, has been discussed by the Marlins. Um... And so, naturally, his name reappears. Braxton Garrett, career year last year. But for some Marlins fans, you feel like at this point with Braxton Garrett, are you potentially going to sell high on Braxy? Like, have we seen the best of Braxton Garrett at this point? <laughs> Can he repeat his 2023 year? I think that's nagging in the back of some of our minds that with Braxton, like it isn't truly real. I don't, I don't actually believe that. Like, with Brax, I'm I'm perfectly bought into Brax. Like, it's it's not as sexy because the velo's not there. But Brax, thus far, has, has proven himself to be an above-average arm, frankly. And here's the kicker, guys. Braxton Garrett right now, he's on league minimum. So is Edward Cabrera. I know Ed Cabrera, Eddie, Eddie had his, has his flaws, and the obvious one being the walks. 
But if you can straighten that out a touch with Eddie Cabrera, you've got another absolute stud. And reminder, league minimum. When we're thinking about trade options, guys, and we're thinking about the way the Marlins will run themselves and the way that their budget situation and, and payroll looks right now, for me, everything simply points to the Marlins looking to move Jesus Lozado. He's only got two years of control. He's getting more expensive. And frankly, this is the time to move. If they're not going to extend him, you have to be considering when to move Jesus Lozado. Would they do it this year? Would they do it at the deadline? <coughs> Who knows? But listen, if you're going to move one of the guys, you have to move the more expensive one with the least amount of control. That, my friends, is the business model. It's a painful business model because I love Jesus Lozado. All the fans love Jesus Lozado. He's expected to be the opening day starter at this point. But if you move Jesus Lozado and you get a legit bat that can play shortstop for the next five years or more, then you have to consider that from a Marlins perspective. These trades are always painful. We saw Pablo Lopez last year for Luis Arias. They feel painful. You lose Pablo Lopez. You just need to make sure you absolutely nail the return. You have to nail the return. And if you nail the return, then it's fine. You can deal with it. You can deal with that situation. What you cannot do is move Jesus Lizardo, take a punt on a guy who ends up not delivering offensively and defensively for the Marlins. If that were to be the case, then you are in a world of pain. And for me, this is the thing with Kim Ang and her deals. I trusted Kim Ang from a trade perspective more than anyone. Kim was an 80-grade trader. I feel like it was either a fleece job or a win-win push every time, pretty much, other than uh, Adam Duvall and uh, Alex Jackson. We won't talk about that one. But I feel like that's where Kim excelled. I'm really interested to see how Peter Bendix operates now. And, you know, <laughs> the pressure's on. Pressure is on because they're, they're looking to create a similar deal where you move an arm, an arm like a Jesus Lazardo, like Pablo Lopez last year, two years of control, a guy that you love, a guy that's trusted. The Marlins are going to look to do the same with Jesus Lazardo. They are not going to look to move Braxton Garrett and Edward Cabrera. Why? League minimum. League minimum and years of control. That is just the reality, guys. That is just the business model. And that's what we're going to see. At some point, Jesus Lozado is going to be traded. And the Marlins need to make a move this offseason. They've got a glaring hole at shortstop. They've got other holes, to be honest with you. But when you're looking to move Jesus Lozado, a legit, a legit number two starter in any rotation, then you have to be getting back a valuable, cost-controlled, multi-years of control, defensive and offensive shortstop. That's what you have to get back. Okay, let's briefly touch on a few other news and notes here before we get out of here and before I start a massive coffin pit. The Rule 5 draft is just started, actually. Uh, we're about 10 minutes into it. So I'm going to quickly look to see. I don't know what kind of pace they'll be going at. Um, but the, the Marlins, obviously, there's a few guys... Oh, Naz Nunez has been selected by the Washington Nationals. There we go. Naz Nunez is gone to the Nats. The Nats must have had one of the early picks in that one. Um, Victor Mesa Jr., who joined the show last week, did say Naz Nunez, absolute stud. I spoke about it last week too. Naz Nunez 
absolutely the type of profile that you would select in the Rule 5 draft because a stud defensive middle infielder that you can easily carry on your roster if you need to. And then they can see if they can develop the stick. So Naz Nunez, selected by the Washington Nationals, uh, haven't seen anything else just yet, but the Rule 5 is going on. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the other names clearly that are knocking around. Troy Johnston is one of them. Uh, there's a few other names potentially, but Naz Nunez was definitely um, mooted as, as one of the guys that, that could be picked up in the Rule 5 draft and has been. I'll check again before this episode ends in five minutes. But let's talk about some of the other nuggets here. Speaking about shortstops, I'll kind of flex around here on the on the, the schedule. Peter Bendix asked about um, Xavier Edwards and what his future may hold. And it's fair to say there's been a little bit of like joint, well, there's multiple things coming out about Xavier Edwards. He's going to take a bit of time in the outfield, seemingly. He's going to take a bit of time at shortstop, maybe given the opportunity to win the shortstop gig. However, Peter Bendix right now is out there saying, we don't believe we have an everyday type of shortstop on the roster right now. It's basically what he's saying. Hence why, just going back, hence why they are listening on arms. They're trying to find that everyday shortstop, guys. That's what's going to happen. They are looking to move Jesus Lozado, in my opinion, for their everyday shortstop. That's what's happening right now at this point. If Can they make a deal? We'll wait to see. They have to nail the deal, though. Can't emphasize that enough. They have to nail the deal. Peter Bendix and his tenure will be heavily linked to this deal. But Xavier Edwards will be given an opportunity. But the reality is they don't trust Xavier Edwards at shortstop. He isn't a shortstop right now. He's pretty much positionless at this point. He's blocked by Luis Arias at second base. For me, and I spoke about this a few weeks back too, the question is with Luis Arias is do you protect him by moving him out of the middle infield? either by having him play first base at some point or by DHing Luis Arias to protect him more generally. I thought he fielded pretty well at second base. The eye test looked fine. But Xavier Edwards is basically the same dude. He is not a shortstop, and the Marlins do have a gap at shortstop right now. What, what did dawn on me was just how good Joey Wendell was, like by um, the kind of metrics that you'd look into there at, at shortstop. Like, he had a great season there at shortstop. He didn't seem to be, like, overly flashy. I mean, it is Joey Wendell's, so, of course, didn't look overly flashy, but, boy, he was effective. And so, <clears throat> that was one of the things the Marlins did get right there in, in transitioning Joey Wendell to shortstop, giving him that everyday gig defensively. However, the stick could not play, which we know. A guy, a guy that has been linked to the Marlins here is Isaiah Kaina Balefa who spent a couple of years with the Yankees, having been traded over from the Texas Rangers. Um, when you look at IKF's profile more generally, you know he's, a, he's got a career 10 war at this point. So it's not like he lacks quality. However, a lot of that quality sits more in the defensive elements than the offensive elements. He has a career OPS plus at 81. Last season's OPS plus was 78. You know, he can steal a few bags, can hit for, you know, 250, 260, that kind of range. Um, but overall, like IKF, it's it's not a huge upgrade, I would say, at this point. And so I believe that Peter Bendix and the Marlins are shooting higher than that. But 
in this market with the way the shortstop market is like there's no um, you know there's no crazy studs out there at shortstop so i see kind of falefa as a fullback option at this point i think at this point the peter bendix and the marlins are heavily thinking about, about acquiring a shortstop via trade likely with luis Arise, Arise, with jesus lazardo going the other way a lot of teams or a lot of times, Edward Cabrera keeps popping up. It would not shock me if Eddie Cabrera equally is the guy traded. However, with Eddie Cabrera at this point, he has the flaws. You can see the flaws in Eddie Cabrera. The Marlins have tried to get deals done multiple times using Eddie Cabrera. Haven't been able to get it done. Does Skip Schumacher still trust Eddie Cabrera? I don't know. There was definitely a falling out during the 2023 campaign. So maybe just Eddie Cabrera, his time is up. They have no wiggle room with Eddie Cabrera from a roster perspective. He is out of minor league options now. All right, guys. We made it past 20 minutes. Um, I think I'm going to call it a day, but I'm just going to quickly check if any other Rule 5 selections have been made. Um, I'm kind of nervous uh, looking at this, but we'll wait to see. Um, Troy Johnston. Troy Johnston stays with the Marlins, it seems. Um, but uh, Nazi Nunez is off to the Washington Nationals. So there we go on that one. Um, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. appreciate everyone making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. Whilst news, Marlins news, hasn't been plentiful, um, they are kind of waiting in the wings, it seems. For me, the indications are starting to be pretty clear in terms of the way this offseason is going to go. A couple of like stopgap vets, free agents going to be added, but really the blockbuster will come, an arm for a shortstop. That's what I see being the way forward here for the fish. The Rule 5 draft has come and gone. Troy Johnson was not selected, but Naz Nunez was. The Marlins are considering AJ Puck moving back into the rotation. It's not a bad idea. We should wait to see how it plays out. But if the Marlins do that, they do lose a leverage arm from that bullpen. And let's not forget that bullpen in 23 was nails. Thanks for joining me, guys. I look forward to seeing you guys again tomorrow.